Hey there, I hope you're having an amazing Friday afternoon. Um, I read something last night and then I heard something yesterday. And then today, you know, as I'm thinking about it, because I think about many things, but when I read books, especially books that are self-development for me, it sends me to a deeper thinking place. And this particular book, A Return to Love, which is my daytime um, personal development book, but I've been reading it at night too because it's that good. And this particular chapter I'm on, I believe it's chapter five or six, because some chapters take me a couple days to get through. This is gonna take me a little bit longer to get through because it's chapter six and it's about relationships. And it's broken down into, I believe it's like 15 different aspects of relationships. And the part that I was uh, reading last night, or I lied, 16, 18, there are 18 parts in here, 19, I'm sorry, about relationships and the different types of relationships that we have over the course of our life. And in reading the, I believe it's the fifth level, um, fifth type of relationship, which is entitled levels of teaching. Therefore, the plan includes very specific contacts to be made for every teacher of God. And essentially what that means is that every person we come in contact with in life serves as a teacher to teach us lessons. We don't know what the lessons are. There's no curriculum that come with it. We have to begin viewing the people that we come in contact with as having a purpose. When I was married, I was married for 12 and a half years and my ex-husband and I were together eight years before we got married. And people, had a hard time understanding why I wasn't bitter from that relationship. Did I have every right to be? Absolutely did. Because even though he's a nice person, he was just not nice to me. And it took me, and this kind of piggybacks off of the last episode, it took me changing the way I viewed him in order to see him in a different light. And when I began to see him in a different light, I became more empathetic toward him because he controlled his behavior. But what he didn't know is that his childhood traumas and then, you know, his first ex-wife, the relationship he had with his first ex-wife led to who he became when he and I got together. So the way he treated me had really nothing to do with me at all. It was a result of all the, the stuff that came down the pike before me. So I started looking at him as a lesson. When I packed up our four bedroom home full with attic and basement and put everything in storage and took our kids to a shelter, I cried because that was my childhood being relived again. And I vowed that my kids would never experience it. Um, and it freaked him out 
because he thought, you know, that I was going to come back around because I'd left like two or three times over the time we were together and always came back because I was afraid. He had me convinced that nobody would ever want me, that I was crazy and that because I had kids, nobody would want me. And I believe that. So I always went back and each time I went back, things were worse than when they were before I left. So it took me working on me and viewing him as a lesson, even though he hurt me on every level, he was an unknowing teacher to me because he taught me how to stay in my lane as a wife and as a woman, because with me having raised kids since I was eight and having to figure stuff out at such a young age, I was operating in my masculine energy at eight years old because I had to look after my siblings and me and make sure we ate and that we were okay. So if I'd ask my ex-husband to do something or I tell him, well, this broke down or this broke, if he took longer than I wanted him to take, then I would just figure out either how to fix it or find someone else to fix it. And instead of him saying, I don't like when you do that because it makes me feel, he took on the mindset that, well, if, I, if she says that it needs to be done and if I don't do it, she's just gonna do it anyway. So I took power away from him because he wasn't doing what I needed to be done quick enough. When I should have gone to him and said, you know, I, I know that I came to you before about this and I don't want to seem like I'm nagging, but I'm not. But it would really help me if you did X, Y, and Z, because then one, I would feel valued by you and heard, and then I could do X, Y, and Z. He would have responded to that. So he taught me how to stay in my lane as a wife and as a woman and how to communicate in a way that a man is going to be responsive versus defensive and reactive. So I view him as a teacher. And then, you know, I listened to a podcast yesterday, Ed Milet podcast, um, about regret and I'll have to get this, the exact name of it and I'll put the episode in the show notes. Um, but that podcast, you know, he was interviewing author Daniel Pink who wrote a book about regret and how regret isn't a bad thing. What makes it bad is when you sit there and stew in it. You don't look at it for what it came to teach you. So that coincided with, you know, this part of this book that I'm reading because I could have easily been bitter and resentful and said, that man ain't this and he ain't that. And, you know, I regret the day I ever met him because then what I'm essentially saying is that I regret my kids being born and that they are my world. They are the greatest gifts God gave me. So instead of viewing that situation as a regret, 
I viewed it as a lesson. What can I learn from that? And now that I know that when I go to my man and ask him to do something from the gate, I need to phrase it a certain way. So he does what I ask in a timely manner because men need to know that they're needed. They're made to fix stuff. Whether they fix it or they get somebody else to fix it is irrelevant, but they're fixers. And if they love you, they don't want you to be unhappy or inconvenienced any more than you need to be or have to be in any given moment. But it's all about how you frame what you say. So he responds to it. He's not put on the defensive. You know, you're not accusing him of not caring or being insensitive. Because then what's going to happen? He's going to feel some kind of way. After a while, you're going to become like the Charlie Brown grown-up voices. Wah, wah, wah. And he's going to completely tune you out. And then when he sees you, you know, if, if that issue goes unresolved, it's going to irritate him. It's going to draw something. It's going to trigger something in him. And then his body is going to react to your presence in a negative way. Learn the lesson. People come into our life to teach us lessons that will help us become better. So I challenge you, get a notebook or a journal and, you know, write down some of those relationships, you know, your relationship with your mom, your relationship with your dad, you know, if there were other adults in your life that you were close to, write their name down too, and then start writing about you know, what they contributed to your life, how they made you feel. And if at any point you something triggers something negative in you, sit with that and dig into why does this bother me? Why did it make me feel like that? And then you'll discover that at the root of it, you probably have some forgiving to do because people don't set out to hurt us. They treat us based on how we treat them and how other people before us have treated them. And if we don't take a, take the time to um, look at the lesson in it, we don't learn, we don't grow, and we actually stifle our growth. And then that affects how we speak to whomever. That's why I'm a, a proponent. I treat people how I desire to be treated because either they're going to treat me in like kind, meaning their behavior is going to shift and they're going to start treating me different, speaking to me differently, or they're going to fall off. So what the author of this book, and again, it's Return, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And what she says is, Relationships are assignments. They are, they are a part of a vast plan for our enlightenment. Relationships are the Holy Spirit's laboratories in which he brings people together who have the maximal opportunity for mutual growth. He appraises who can learn most from whom at any given time and then assigns them to each other. Like a giant universal computer, he knows exactly what combination of energies in exactly what context 
would do the most to further God's plan for salvation. No meetings are accidental. Those who are to meet will meet because together they have the potential for a holy relationship. And the holy relationship is threefold, which you know I'll get into in a minute. So everybody that we encounter during this lifetime is not accidental at all. They serve a purpose, but it's up to us to sit back and get quiet and, you know, limit distractions around us so we can actually hear ourselves think and feel our way through emotions and thoughts and feelings to see what people have come to teach us. My ex-husband and I can now have a civil conversation because he expected me, you know, when we got divorced and, you know, up until me, like, I I can't even say up until me relocating to Texas. Um, but up until like 2018, I want to say, no, I lied. 2000, cause this is 22, 2020. It took eight years to teach him how to speak to me and how to treat me and how to respect me. So many people, you know, they get divorced or a relationship ends and both parties are bitter and they sling all these uh, nasty uh, comments and thoughts and feelings about, I regret how the hooter and they can never see eye to eye. If they have kids together, the kids see their parents going at each other's throat every time they're in the same vicinity. They're not thinking about the kid. I told my ex-husband, I don't want child support. If they come to you with something that I can't give them or get for them, then you do it. We have to get along for their sake because we are teaching them how to respond to and interact with the opposite sex, regardless of whether we're together. He fought me on that tooth and nail, tooth and nail. And it took me setting very firm boundaries for him to adjust his behavior and see, okay, she's not putting up with this. She's really serious about this. Now we can co-parent effectively because I worked on me and I started speaking to him. uh, Or I should say, I started showing him kindness instead of being mean, like he was being towards me because I realized that he was a lesson I needed to learn. We get better in life when we take the time to learn. Are every, is every situation in life easy and peaceful and kind? No, sometimes life whoops us, beats us upside the head, but it's all in how you view it that determines how you come out of it. So like I said, I challenge you, write down those relationships in your life. My mother has been deceased for 
a little over six years. And I understand her better now in her death than I did when she was alive because I viewed her as a lesson. I saw her where she was. I, uh, in, I um, examined her life. Her mother died when she was 36. She was passed around the family. So she suffered a major loss because I can't imagine being 12 years old and losing my mother or my kids you know, being that age and losing me. That's like a major hurt piece. So she suffered that kind of loss early. People passing her around the family. So I'm not valuable. I'm not lovable. Nobody wants me. And then, you know, getting into some of the most craziest situations and scenarios because she just wanted to be accepted. She just wanted to be loved. And, you know, the older I got, I said, mom, just love yourself. People love you when you love yourself. And that caused friction because I was introducing something different to her than she was willing to accept. Because some of the people that come into your life regardless of whether they're a reason, a season, or a lifetime, they may not be open to the lessons that you come to teach, which means they're going to keep repeating that cycle with different people coming to teach the same lesson until they're like, okay, fine, let me just get this out the way. Let me let me learn. What's, what's this going to teach me? Instead of being so quick to dismiss it. So I see her in all of those hurt places and how she could not give me what I wanted in a mom because she didn't have that example. So because she didn't have that example, I could either follow in her footsteps, which I was like, yeah, no, that I didn't like how that made me feel. And I'm not going to subject no kids to that. Or I was going to become a different mom and fail forward until I figured out what that looked like. That's what I did. I'm not the perfect mom, but I'm a good mom. My kids can never say that they didn't know whether or not I love them because I tell them every moment I get how much they're loved. When they have ideas, we talk their ideas through. Okay, so you wanna explore that why? What's that going to do for you? So what do we need to do to make that happen? So that way they're critical thinking because I didn't have that. My mother and I barely spoke about anything, anything, anything. My kids talk to me about everything. So she, even in her bad mom space, taught me how to become a better mother. And people would go to my ex-husband and say, oh my God. How does she manage to treat those kids? She loves them all the same and she don't have favorites, but she treats them differently because they're all different. They're not cookie cutters or cookies made from a a cookie cutter, you know? So I had to learn my kids so I could parent them the same, but different based on their personalities because their love languages are different. So I had to learn that. 
because that I didn't come, you know, preloaded <laughs> with that with my mom because she didn't know how to do that. She didn't know how to do that. So we have to look at these relationships as assignments. And there are three types of relationships that three levels of relationships that are teaching relationships. The first level is uh, a casual encounter. So two strangers meeting in an elevator or students who happen to walk home from school together. The second level is a more sustained relationship in which for a time, two people enter into a fairly intense teaching learning situation and then appear to separate. The third level of teaching is a relationship which once formed lasts all of our lives. At this level, each person is given a chosen learning partner who presents him with unlimited learning possibilities. So during that second level, because I think we all get what, you know, casual encounter is, but during that second level, you'll go through whatever experiences provide you with your next lessons to be learned. These relationships are, and these are the reason people or the seasonal people in our life. The first one serves as a reason. If you're crabby with the bank teller, it'll be harder to be gentle with the people you love the most. So that casual encounter gives you a chance to practice chiseling away your hard edges in your personality. And then you get to level two. What experiences are going to provide the next lessons I need to learn? And when physical proximity no longer supports the higher level of teaching and learning between them, the assignment will call for a physical separation. So the relationship ends. Is it going to cause pain? Probably so. But that season is over. Relationships are eternal. The relationship physically dies, but on an energetic level, you're still connected to them. People who have slept in the same bed for 25 years may not truly be joined, and people who are many miles apart may not be separate at all. It's a matter of the level of learning. How open are you to learning the lessons people come into your life to teach? And then um, if both people learned that they were what they were meant to learn when that then that relationship was a success. And this is with in relation to, you know, marriage relationships, you know, um, spout a significant other. Now it may be time for physical separation so that more can be learned in other ways. That not only means learning elsewhere from other people, but it also means learning the lessons of pure love that come from having to release the form of an existing relationship. Sometimes we stifle our own growth because we're trying to hang on to those seasonal people who we've either not opened ourselves to learn the lesson from or have learned the lesson and figure, okay, so this is just how it's going to be. So y'all just hanging out as roommates. Just because that physical relationship ends doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. If you learn the lesson or lessons that that person came to teach, it's a win-win. And when you walk away from it, you see them as a lesson and not someone who hurt me someone that you regret ever meeting. You can't, you gotta look at the lesson that they came to teach. 
And then the third level, lifelong relationships are generally few because their existence implies that those involved have reached a stage simultaneously in which the teaching learning balance is actually perfect. Someone with whom we have a lifetime's worth of lessons to learn is someone whose presence in our lives forces us to grow. Just because someone has a lot to teach us doesn't mean we like them. People who have the most to teach us are often the ones who reflect back to us the limits of our own capacity to love. Those who consciously or unconsciously challenge our fearful positions. They show us our walls. Our walls are our wounds. The places where we feel we can't love anymore, can't connect any more deeply, can't forgive past a certain point. We are in each other's lives in order to help us see where we most need healing and in order to help us heal. Those are our lifetime people. They come to teach us harder lessons that have the most impact. And they come with quizzes to see if we learned what the level one and level two teaching relationships came to teach. That means that this third level relationship, you're not going to be as easily triggered as you would have in a level one or level two. When you look at that person, instead of seeing the person, look into the heart of the person. How can I make them feel better, think better? What can I add to that person? Lettucey is one of my favorite R&B artists and she has a song, Add To Me. What you gonna add to me? If it's bitterness and resentment and hurt and pain, then I don't want that. But if you're going to add value to my life and help me grow and encourage me, even when you see that I'm not feeling sure, that's the type of person I want in my life. Because when your sales start deflating, they're going to be there to blow wind in them. And even when you buck, they're going to keep pushing you anyway. Because that's a whole different level of love to experience and to give another person. And when you look at that person and they're mirroring back to you those things in you, because it's a it's a learning teaching relationship. When you open to that, it makes it's like a weight is lifted and you appreciate them for more because you see them as they are on a, 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 a spiritual level versus through my physical eyes. Because you're choosing to view them, meet them where they are and view them through the eyes of your heart. Just be open to learn the lessons and grow. And when our reason People exit, let them go. When our seasonal people, when their time is up, you'll know, let them go. When our lifetime people come, those relationships are not going to be easy. They're going to require more of you. 
They're going to require you to dig into all the lessons that you've learned prior to and bring out everything. Because these relationships help you grow into who you need to become for whatever purpose God gave you in this lifetime. But you'll never know if you keep saying, they hurt me. I can't stand them. I regret ever meeting them. You do. I hear. No. Even the worst situations. My marriage was bad. I was abused on every level. But I have no resentment or bitterness. I wish him no ill. I I pray for him. I'm I'm actually part of why he's still hanging on to this side of you know heaven. Because we have kids and grandkids. So I can't selfishly view him in light of how he treated me because then I'm no better than he is and I'd still be stuck. And it's like, yeah, no. And when that season in my life was over, it hurt, but I accepted it and moved on and then learned all the lessons after him so I could be right here at peace mentally, physically, emotionally. And when I feel something, knowing why I feel it. So I hope you got value from this. I would love it if you share this episode, you know, leave a review. What are your thoughts? What do you want to hear more of? So have an amazing day. And again, thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to connect with you on the next.